What is going on? Welcome to another episode of the City Boy Show. What is up, homie? I'm Latin music because you just came back from Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Yo, I'm mad tan, bro. Bro, you got the A-Rod. <laughs> Did you hear about that story while you were in Puerto Rico? What A-Rod? What happened to A-Rod? A-Rod uh, came back from uh, DR, looked black. Social media went crazy. Are you serious? Bro, he had to make a video saying, I'm Dominican. <laughs> I get dark. <laughs> Wait, A-Rod's Dominican? I thought he was Puerto Rican. Bro, don't, don't, hold on. I don't want people to hear that. He's straight up Dominican, homie. He came back crispy. Yo, he did the opposite of, who was it? Who's the other baseball player? Who, Sammy Sosa? Yeah, that became mad white all of a sudden from a DR trip too. Like, what the hell just happened to this guy? <laughs> You either come back Michael Jackson white or you come back black. Bro, I'm getting my tan ready for the game day. Yo, I looked I looked at the camera and I'm like, damn, I can't even see myself right now. You're not even going to be able to find a job no more, bro. Oh, that's that's racist, bro. <laughs> joking. I'm joking. You say Jeez. migrants are taking... No, this is getting even more racist. <laughs> um, But yes, Crispy, how was Puerto Rico? It was nice. The weather was beautiful. Yeah. I... Was trying to watch the game, but the no Wi-Fi there was making it tough for me. <laughs> it happened. Well, I mean, you didn't you didn't miss out on much, although you had to catch up and watch it today. Yeah, I had to catch up today, and you're right, I didn't miss much. I, I could have. It was just like rinse, repeat, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> so literally the same thing happened. Let's let's get into this game. Let's summarize the game. Do you want to summarize the game? Summarize the game. You actually watched it live. How was it watching? Not you weren't at the stadium, but you know what I mean. Yes, uh, watched it. The time it was on, I guess. Uh, we lost 1-0. Um, there was a goal made by Adelson Melanda on the eighth minute off a corner. Look at that. Us giving up goals on set pieces. That's brand new stuff. Same stuff. Uh, new season, same story. Yes. And a little bit about our possession and like just kind of some stats from the game. Uh, we had 12 shots on target versus their 11. I'm sorry, 12 shots, two shots on target versus their 11 and five. We did have a lot of possession, 63%, which I felt like it was the same thing as last year. Tons of possession, but didn't do anything. Um, and so that was Interesting the Interesting fact about the possession. Who leads the league in possession right now? NYCFC? NYCFC. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we lead the league right now in possession. So that story's always been true. Expected goals? Oh, that's a whole different story. <laughs> we only had 0.5 expected goals, which was obviously trash. Yes. We played terrible. I mean, we really didn't have any dangerous opportunities out there. Yes. And before we talk about those opportunities, let's talk about the lineup for the team. And actually, I think we have that on the slide. The lineup that we had for this team was Freeze, Tool, uh, Tiago Martins, Burke Risa, Micha playing right back, Sands and Parks in the middle, Wolf playing the 10, Santi playing left, Bakra playing striker, and Julian Fernandez on the right. What was your thoughts when you first saw this lineup? Well, it was confusing because I did not, did not see Hans Wolf playing in the center. All throughout preseason, we did not see him play in the 10. That's correct. Uh, it was kind of like, okay, so we just randomly decided to pull him in the 10. And that's where I guess I was a little shell-shocked. Also, no Talis Magna. Would have loved to see him out there somehow. Uh, I know it's hard now that it seems like Wolf is the main guy. They want to keep him in that starting 11. But I just don't understand why wolf was in the center or i mean i didn't think he was terrible but 
I just I'm trying to understand how this is all going to play out Woof Woof and Santi on at on at the same time. Yeah, I mean, originally when I saw the lineup, I thought Woof was going to play the left and Santi was going to play the middle. Apple TV had it Woof playing ten, and I was like, oh, Apple TV doing Apple TV things, you know, just like not knowing where people line up. Uh, but no, he was he started the game at the ten. Uh, so that was one thing that caught me off guard, um, and also. I was surprised that Micha was playing over Gray. I just thought we saw Micha in the preseason and he wasn't looking great. And so I understand that Micha brings supposedly a more offensive presence, but he didn't look good out there uh, on offense. And he felt like a bit of a defensive liability. And so I was surprised. I thought Gray was going to get the start. And I thought, I wasn't sure. I was 50-50 on Talos Magno, so I think those were the two things that really threw me off was Wolf at 10. Yeah, and, I think with Gray, I think it was more of an injury thing. Well, he was kind of banged up all preseason, so he didn't get that many minutes with the team. So, you know, I feel like that's kind of Nick Cushing's mantra. Like, if you you needed that time to put in with the team for you to start, and because he was banged up, he didn't. But you could clear, as you saw in the second half, they subbed him out for uh, Micha because Micha was getting tired and he was making some not so great passes you know that's when some his effectiveness really wasn't a, a as an asset as a team because he couldn't get the ball over or he was doing bad passes it was just tired fatigue. yeah and to give some context on charlotte fc last podcast i said don't bet on this game i don't think we're gonna win this game uh best case scenario it's gonna be a draw that's what i said but then that day of the of the game I saw that Charlotte FC's like primary podcast. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the name of the podcast. Had like a Twitter space, and I went to go listen. I listened for like 45 minutes, and they were concerned. They were like, "We don't have four strikers playing." And I looked into it. Ben Bender and Brant Bernico are like big midfielders for them. Uh, ben Bender just actually is like crucial for controlling the game pace and distribution. And Bernico's played the most minutes for that team. And has like the most experience on that team. Both of them were out. And then on top of that, during the offseason, the new coach, Dean Smith, got rid of two of their D- DPs, Carol Swiderski and Camille Joswiak. So they and so they haven't even signed anyone to take those DP slots yet. Wow. So we're talking about like new coach, two DPs not signed. Two starters not started. I wouldn't go and put money on the game. I was like, there's no <laughs> way we're going to lose this Wait, game. How much did you put? Too much money. <laughs> Too much money. And I was just heartbroken. So, I I mean, so we're going to talk about, like, what was bad about, you know, NYCFC in a second. But it's like, you also have to put some context on, like, Charlotte was not a good team. Like, they are a depleted team. I think uh, we have the picture. There were, like, seven people uh, on injury and two DP slots that are like empty and yet they still won the game. So a little concerning, just wanted to give that color for people who don't know too much about the Charlotte FC team that we were playing against. Um, and the, um, the do Lewis Tavares, he's not the one who scored the goal, but the one who had the original header um, on that set piece just got signed from the crown legacy, which is their, their, Two team. Oh, they're NYCFC two team. I mean, yeah, they're Charlotte. Two yeah, they're Charlotte two team. Yeah. So not exactly a superstar here. <laughs> and that was the guy who like originally set up the header that didn't go in, but almost got in. 
and then and then led to the goal. Well, well let's so, get into that goal. So the outfield actually did an interesting piece on the on this set piece. It was like a one minute clip. Go check it out. Go subscribe. They'll do a way better job explaining it than I do. But NYCFC has been mainly like a zone marking team on set pieces. And clear, clearly here, you see it was still inefficient. And and what we see here is if you look at it, their, their number nine guy comes in from like the outside and then basically does like a screen on Key and Parks, yes. which makes them ineffective at this point. Yes. And then that's when this guy who's six foot three versus Kevin O'Toole. Tavares. Yeah, Tavares. No, isn't no, that Melanda? No, no, Melanda's the one who scores the header afterwards. Tavares was the person who originally hit it. I'm going to say yes, me. but Trust I don't me. believe that. <laughs> well, whoever heads the ball yes. obviously has height over Kevin O'Toole, makes him look like a scrum bag. <laughs> not, not I a thought, scrum. No, you mean Key and Parks. No, 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 no. But you see, oh, Key, okay, like he yes. gets blocked off Key and Parks, so yes. he becomes ineffective in the zone. Yes, yes. And then you have Kevin O'Toole kind of getting him, but he just easily pushes off Kevin O'Toole, who's 5'10", compared to this guy who's 6'3". Yes. So this is where ineffective zone marking doesn't really help as much because, like, you have – I think you would want man-on-man -on, -man on a guy, and you know you're 6 feet, he's 6 feet. At least you're covering that. Yes. And not only that, but if you see – Something that gets caught up on set pieces all the time is is people I, uh, ball watching. If you go back one clip, score the header, Maladin. I'm uh, hopefully I'm saying his name right. And now it's Maladin. You said it was no, Tavares. No, Tavares <laughs> hit the original header. It hit the crossbar, and Maladin came in okay. and scored the second header on the goal. But if you look at where Maladin is, he's all the way back at this point, right? Yeah. Tavares hits the header. Now you see Tiago Martins and Wolf kind of behind and you're like okay well at least don't let the guy come in for the rebound if you go to the next shot right there Tavares is between both of them Tiago Martins and Wolf were just people or ball watching and then he comes in and he scores the goal yeah. so it's just you know something that's like gets caught up I think it's the thing with coaching is like you gotta go and get your guys to not ball watch and stay proactive on the set piece. We see that consistently with this team recently. But maybe one thing that could solve that is maybe man actually having a man every time and making sure you're on that guy, but they choose to do the zone marking. I don't know what's more effective. I'm no coach, but there's gotta be a reason they're choosing it. But again, and I think if we look at Charlotte last year, they were one of the last teams in set piece goals. So for them to score a goal right now, first game of the season and it's on us, it's it's unacceptable. Agreed. Agreed. That is something that was bad. Um, yeah. What did you think of our press? Terrible. I felt like we started with the press and then we quickly was like, ah, that's that maybe another game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I thought we were going to see a way more intense press. Like it felt like this offseason. That was like the focal point. We're going to have guys who are going to press nonstop. And it didn't feel like a very intense press. Yes, agreed. I felt like I saw it from Bakra. I felt like Moonsif was really out there putting the speed, trying to put some pressure on. But the rest of the guys, it seemed like they weren't sure who to like press on. It seemed like they got through it very easily. Uh, didn't seem like the. It seemed like they also didn't keep the press going. It felt like it was really intense in the beginning. Then we gave up that goal, and then it was like, ah, let's sit back a little bit. Yeah. And so it didn't seem like that was something that was uh, kept consistent throughout the game. And okay. just looked really disorganized. Um, yeah. yeah. And just I, kind of – sorry. No, I would agree. I just felt like it was ineffective. It, it yeah. didn't really play a role in our press. I mean, they pressed 
where they pro- they didn't really have that intense of a press on us. Yeah, though. agreed. But yeah, I, I felt like the press could have been better. I mean, maybe it's something we're still working on. Uh, who we're gonna have press? Who we're gonna have so high up on the line? But I, I there's definitely needs to be more work on that. Um, and and Bakrar, let's get into Bakrar because I know you had some critiques on him. I just thought that the. I thought from what we saw in the preseason, it was like, okay, Bakra is going to be able to make the shots that a striker is supposed to make. Yeah. And I saw somewhere, I don't know where, I think it might have been the announcers who said it during the game that said that Bakra scored a 30-yard field goal. Oh, uh, bro. <laughs> no, no. They said Santi. Because oh. remember, Santi had a, a good open spot to make a goal, and he's and I think it went straight over. And they're like, "Oh, if he was the Charlotte, uh, if he was the Carolina kicker, oh, that would have yes. been good." <laughs> but but Bakra did the same thing. Yeah, he yeah. was a few yards away, and he went and shot it to the moon. And I was like, "What are you doing, man?" I thought Bakra really didn't get any clean chances. I thought he tried to force some shots. Um, Obviously, not many on goal. There was only two on goal. Uh, but I didn't feel like he was put in a very dangerous spot. I will say we did have one set piece that we had on the corner that was actually well done and well executed. But there was no finish towards the end. Yes. But it was like, wow, we actually had a plan for this set piece. And I don't. I feel like, and I could be mistaken about this, that we might have hired a coach to try to help us with these set pieces. I could be wrong about that, but... I remember something floating around about how we have somebody who might be helping us with our set pieces, but that was a, it was around the twentieth minute, I think, early in the first first half. Yes, when we, it was like some passing from like Santi. Yes, yeah, Santi, Wolf, then and Keaton, it, and then I believe I forgot who else. They Keaton passed it back to, and then it was right to the box, and it was actually like, wow, we we finally did something versus just something some generic cross yes. that never works for us. Yes, and I think that's like the overarching theme of this game slash what came back from the 2023 season is like what I saw in 2023, you know, we justify Nick Cushing staying on this team saying we don't have the, um, the The right players, right? We don't have like, even when we got the right players, we didn't have them together long enough to be able to come up with some tactics and some plays to like get this team going. But we've had now, a hundred and something days off. You have a lot of the same players still on this team. Some new pieces, but a lot of the same players. And these guys came out there looking like 11 dudes who came in for a pickup game. There were like no tactics. And it's like you have a very young team. And something that you see a lot in like American football, which I feel like can translate to any sport, is like when you got a young quarterback and you go, you go and you give them easy dunks right you're like all right let's just get you warmed up make you feel confident and then we'll get this plays more complicated it felt like there were no like early tactics in the game to get the team feeling confident you know what i mean like i it it seemed like just a disorganized group of guys with no real plan and i don't get how you have someone who has like the success that Cushing has had in the past and like don't see some of those plays. It was like that only that corner was the only time that looked like they had a set plan. The rest of the game looked like yeah. dudes just floating around. And that that's what was so confusing to me. It's like, how do you justify that? Yeah. I what I think was it was trying too many things in one game. 
Okay, he even admits there was basically two tens, Santi and Hans. And you have them floating around, but like the inside of the box gets congested because then he also said we're, we're, we have the fullbacks running in. So you have the fullbacks running in. Then you have Santi and Hans like kind of playing two tens and like trying to figure out. It's just like uh, I just felt like you should have had more of a structured game plan. Like, look, this is how we're going to attack the ball versus letting these players kind of loosely just do what they feel comfortable with. And I, I felt like the box was overcrowded and it, they just couldn't seem to get in a flow. Agreed. And I saw that Santi kind of got the flexibility to like float around the pitch. Sometimes he was on the left, sometimes in the middle, sometimes he was on the right. Uh, he kept going back. And I was watching the Inter Miami LA Galaxy game and they allowed Ricky Pooch to like also be that type of player. But Ricky Pooch is Ricky Pooch, bro. Like that dude is a is a monster. He's like more comfortable in that thing, right? I feel like Santi's just not there where you're like, hey man, you can roam the field. Like he doesn't have that experience. We've seen where like even at the end of last year, although he has the talent, like the guy ends up crashing into the defense and like getting out dribbled right sometimes he doesn't make the best passes so to say rick you know santi you can go out there and do what you want uh you know to manage the game it just felt like that's not putting your players in the best place to succeed come up with the game plan get more complex later you know what well, i mean yeah, when you I feel think, more comfortable with the team and to add to that i think it was you let kind of hans wolf also be loose too so it's like who's gonna and you could see that there could be a danger between mm-hmm. santi and hans wolf we saw a through pass right to the middle where he kind of tried to draw a foul which didn't get called and then he but if he would have striked it we might have had an opportunity there where it was actually dangerous but yeah, I, I, it needs to be somewhat more structured. And if you're going to have the the backs come up, then I felt like Julian Fernandez was ineffective. Like, mm-hmm. And he's one of our more deadly players. Like, That's when he could have had more dangerous opportunities to shoot more goals. But because everybody was kind of in the center of the field and nothing was really being blocked inside the box, it was, it was tough. And you could see a few times that Julian Fernandez had the ball and he was like expecting Micha to like overlap him. Oh, yeah. And then he didn't. And meet so Mitch looked lost. And Mitch is someone who like we've seen all this potential from. It these guys look lost. And it was like, how are you lost in the first game of the season when you when these players were here a hundred days ago? They did not just join the team I two will, days I, ago. I will say though, if we look at the starting eleven that started last year versus not this year. I think it's like nine different new players who might have who are on the starting eleven now that weren't last year. Yeah, but if you look at the starting eleven from maybe October, you wouldn't yes. say the same thing. No, I agree. But what I'm saying is, there's gonna be some cohesion needed, right? You're gonna have to have these guys gel. Should it have looked a little bit better? For sure, it should have looked yes. a little bit better. And also in the second half, we haven't talked about it, but Jovan goes into the game. And he's practiced, what, two games with the team? Like, he's been with the team for a week. Yes. So it was like, yeah, you can't expect him to really flow into the team that effortlessly on game one. Exactly. So we're, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday. And on Wednesday, there is the uh, pre-game post-conference for, um, for the St. Louis. Louis game. And what was interesting was in that they asked, like, hey, Hovon, you put Hovon into the game. And he's now playing. Um, he kept you had him as striker, kind of like the second striker, but he kept pushing himself to the right. Why was that? And Nick Cushing's response is, "Well, 
you know, he's 18. Well, why don't we let him play it? I don't, do you have that? Yeah, clip? yeah. No, that clip is like two strikers. Yeah. That's not the whole Von moving to the right. Okay, go. So, yeah, so what I was saying was he was like, why, if you expect him to play striker, why did he kind of kept moving to the right wing? Um, and he was like, well, we were losing. He's 18 years old. He wants to make an impact, and he saw some free space there. And also, he doesn't know the game plan yet because he's been here for two days, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Why is your backup plan then Hovon two days after the guy got off a plane? Shouldn't your backup plan be some type of structure with Talis Mag- Magno, with Martinez, with some players that we've had on Bro, the they team? spent $10 million on this guy. Bro, but, but, but like – I don't know, man. Like, my thing is, how is plan B, the dude who just got off the plane two days ago, when you've had a hundred days to practice a new idea? No, no, no. Okay, let's play the clip then, because this is Nick Cushion's reasoning for that. And I've been asked this consistently, will we play with two strikers? It's happened a lot quicker than I thought, based off how dominant we were in the Charlotte game in the sense of possession and getting into offensive areas. I think it will happen more frequently in the sense of if we can dominate games like this, it, because having an extra goal scorer in the game is a huge positive for us. As you take off a, a winger and put on a striker and have Meacher as a winger. So his reasoning is they were, he feels like they were dominating offensively, right? Now, if you add in a second striker, you have Munsef being dangerous and you have Jovan being dangerous. Now we have two chances to score. But explain to me, boy, bro, how. He says, so you have that striker, so you got to take out a winger. Why did we sign 37 wingers then? (laughs) (laughs) Where's the cohesion between the signings? Well, Ojeda (laughs) cannot play yet. So Ojeda... No, Trapito's here, bro. Well, he wasn't on the bench, though. He he flew over you in Puerto Rico. He's here. (laughs) He's going to play. He's going to play. So we got Talis Magno, Julian Fernandez, Martinez, Ojeda, Wolf, Santi. Bro, we have 10,000 wingers, barely two strikers. Barely and you're gonna take strikers. out a winger. Jovan is gonna be dangerous. Bakra is the one who's scaring me a little bit. It's early for Bakra. He didn't have. I felt like he wasn't put into any dangerous position where he had you. a clear shot to score something. I felt like early on he did have some clear shots. I remember he was right in front of the goal and he mooned it, and I was like, was "Yeah, if you can remember only one time he didn't have many opportunities That's to score." True. That's exactly. true. And at the end of the game with tired legs. He did push to the right, had that cross in. And that yeah, exactly. In. We saw the most effort out of Bakar towards the end of that game. And you could see just his physical presence is a game changer because he was getting past those backs. Yes. And with fear force, like he would push him down, get the ball and actually cross it in. And that's when Santi had his most dangerous uh, goal scoring chance, which he threw into the moon. Yes. But I, I think it's too soon to be, oh, Cushing messed up this, Cushing... Cushing, these guys have to gel into this system. My thing is that I'm not I'm not anti-Cushing. I don't even care that we lost, honestly. What I care is that they didn't look like they had any cohesion when they had a legitimate preseason. These players were not signed yesterday. Hovon was. Hovon's been here for two days. I understand if he was your only striker. But my thing is that this team looked exactly like the team from last year. When you had that same group of people, there should have been more confusion. You're saying they they need to gel, but they had pretty much from September till FC game to gel. 
and they did not gel. And that to me is a little heartbreak. It's like weird. It's like, I'm like, it's too soon to fire Cushing, but it also somehow feels long overdue. And it doesn't make any sense. And I don't want, I don't want Cushing to fail. I feel like in general, we have a very like optimistic podcast. We give people chances, but I just, it kills me that it felt like the same themes from last year. And then another thing that we could transition to was the substitutions. So the team's not doing well. Cool. I can't believe I'm still asking this. Where's Talis Magno? <laughs> he got subbed in. On the 83rd minute, <laughs> homie. I'm like, what are you doing? We need help. Talis Magno is not just, I know a lot of people think he's just like, uh, you know, eye candy for the league and isn't a real star. The man is a star. Maybe he's not a star under Cushing, but I truly believe this guy's a star. And that he gets seven minutes is insane to me. So who would you have subbed them out earlier for? Because you're not taking out Santi. Santi's playing the, le- the the left. Would you have taken Hans Wolf out? Sure. Take out <laughs> Hans Wolf and put... I mean, they took out Hans Wolf to the game, didn't they? I think they ended up subbing him. Yeah, for Tyler's Magno. Oh, yeah, yes. But, but I guess, would you have done it earlier? Yes. Yes, <laughs> I would have. And then put Santi back at the 10 and try to make that work. I, I think uh, that would have made sense. On the 70th minute, maybe. Like, I just thought... I just, I just, I'm going to get a Where's Waldo shirt, but put Talis Magno's face there and be like, Where's Talis Magno, homie? <laughs> because my man is nowhere to be found under this cushion. Also, did you but hear the press conference? It, it, no, but did you hear the critique from the ML, from the Apple broadcasters about Talis Magno? Yeah. What was, do they know? What do they say? No, but to grant, to their, to, why am I choking up on words? You were in Puerto Rico. You just landed. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You still, you still no, driving pina coladas. But they were saying basically like he wasn't hustling, and he just came in, and they were like, "Dude, like for somebody who's not getting starting minutes, and you should be a starter." They're like, "Where was you? Where's your intensity?" And then he does a laxical days ago pass in the like last minute that led to nothing, and then the game was over. And we had a very we had a scoring opportunity. And it's just like, no, come on. Like, if you're gonna come in the game, come in the game with intensity. And that didn't happen. I don't know, but it's tough, man. I feel like it's a cultural thing too. Like, I think he's Brazilian. It's like a different type of game they play, and they want him to play a game that doesn't fit his style. And we talked about this last year, but and I feel like it's get too minutes. early. If you want to get minutes, you roll into whatever system they need you to be, right? Uh, you're eventually, if the, your plan is to get out of here, go into a bigger league, you play as hard as you can. But but is the is the goal of a manager to make the players fit your system or for you to make a system that's best for your best players? I think it's a mixture of both, but Talis Magno hasn't shown that he can have that press or that he can bring that level intensity that we need sometimes. So even though I love Talis Magno as a player, if he can't bring that intensity when you've been subbed in and you only have six minutes left, when are you going to bring that intensity? And I get it. You have the skills. I do believe Talis Magno has the skills, but if he doesn't have the intensity to come with it that the team needs when we're down a goal, when is he going to bring it then? And you are getting starting minutes and you still can't bring that intensity? That's what drives me crazy. Be all over the ball. Be running nonstop for seven. We're asking you to do it for seven minutes, not 90 minutes. And I think that's what fans, that's what upsets the fans. And that's what gets him to not start more games. Yeah. 
But I just don't know if that's his type of gameplay and game plan. And to force that down his throat maybe isn't the right move. I just don't know, man. I just don't know if Cushing is putting these players in the best position for them to succeed based on their skill set. And I think that's like what feels like a reoccurring theme, right? And like we did that last year, but it was because we had a depleted uh, roster. But is he doing the same this year? I don't know, man. Well, I don't Hans know. Wolf, I don't know. If, I, you know he, he never played. Do you know I what Cushing said today? Cushing was like, we don't want to put him on the wing because we don't want to put Wolf on the wing because he's not a great dribbler. Are you sure those? That that's what... that, I wish you had that clip. But yes, he said that. And so he's a more technical guy. So we put him on the 10. But I'm just thinking like, okay, if he's not a great dribbler and the last team he was on, he played left back. And Kevin Artools are left back. Maybe he's a pretty decent left back. Maybe you put him there and you keep Santi on the 10 and you keep Talis Magno on the left. I don't know, man. Maybe he's maybe Cushion is too smart for his own good because I don't get how you put somebody in the 10 that's not a great dribbler. That is that is what he said. And I remember saying, well, like, well thinking, I remember thinking he said he insane. wasn't the best dribbler, but he had all these other accolades yes. that make him good. You know, you know what's a great place for someone who's not a great dribbler? Left back. Nah. I'm just saying. Well, we've seen no, but we've seen him. I, I think we saw him get through defenses, and and that was dangerous, right? So yes. why would you put him at left back? Well, granted, where our backs go forward anyway, so they could be dangerous. I haven't seen him on defense, yeah, but yeah, yeah. we've never seen him play the ten. That's the issue. Like, well, you put somebody in a ten that I don't know. In the hat pass, they never said he played ten. Yeah, and all the footage we saw, it didn't look like he played ten. I did hear it might have been. It might have been um, the sick guys, um, Glenn Crooks, who mentioned that he had the ability to pay 10. And oh. FIFA does have him playing 10. Oh, okay. FIFA has it? <laughs> My bad. Then you're right. <laughs> the FIFA has him as left wing back, left, and a wing, and uh, 10. So that's, I know that because I've been playing with NYCFC and losing. Do we want? And I blame it not on my skill, but on the <laughs> roster. Do we want to keep talking about the bad, or is there some good we can highlight? Let's talk about the good because I, I'm so I feel mad that we've complained so much. We've uh, been complaining for how many? Thirty-one minutes. Wow. <laughs> These poor people have I'm to listen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's guys. game one, bro. And it's just it feels like the, it, I just came thing, from vacation, and this is how you <laughs> treat me, man. Like I was just coming home, so just wanting to talk some NYCFC. It just feels like 2023 is still among us. And I'm trying so hard to like not you have that negative to, that energy. That is bad energy. It's game one, season. The thing one. is, if we lose four three, but we looked cool offensively, I wouldn't even. I would be like, oh, you know, team needs to gel. The same stuff you said. Team needs to gel. <laughs> you know, we got new pizzas on defense. Oh, you know, Matt Freeze, blah blah blah. He's, he's you know, you need some time. But to see the same problems from last year is what really frustrates me to you, the core you just mentioned matt freeze and he said he needs some time he's no, the no, only no, person no, no. who did not need the time. score was three four i meant if the score was three oh, four i got you no, I freeze got was fantastic yes let's talk about the good what did yes. you think of matt freeze first i want to mention one thing matt freeze's girlfriend is following us on twitter is she yeah so you better not bad mouth matt freeze anymore <laughs> how do you know it's matt freeze's girlfriend is her I, twitter name matt freeze's girlfriend no i have my sources though <laughs> 
<laughs> so you better not badmouth Matt Freeze anymore. Even we though love you never Matt Freeze. you never badmouth Matt Freeze. Um but, but yes, he had a great game. Yeah, but I think about it. We wanted, we wanted Veraza so badly last year. <laughs> we stood behind Veraza for 90% of the season last year. And then watching Freeze do what Freeze does, Freeze I'm like, are we, are we idiots? No, but you got to remember, Veraza was with us for a couple years, sat behind Sean Johnson. So we came into it like, why did they sign Matt Freeze? We got Veraza here. So yeah. it was a whole different story then. But. We've seen Matt Freeze do Matt Freeze things. He's, he's ice cold. We'll have the column where the city boys were wrong. <laughs> and this is one of them. Freeze is a beast. He did well. He's doing well. And he's I, the only reason this game didn't become 3 0, honestly. How many saves? I think he had five saves. Hold on. I'll get the stats. Did you Keep get talking. his FOPMOV player rating? I saw you on FOPMOV earlier. Oh, yeah. He had a 7.4. He was the second highest behind James Sands. Bro, 7.4 on the pitch, 10 in our hearts. Yeah, he was Because you were a goddamn beast. It prob- <laughs> and we're not just saying that because your girlfriend follows us on Twitter. Oh. <laughs> um, let's post this. Let's but post yeah. this clip, though. What? <laughs> We should post this clip on Twitter is what I'm saying. Don't post this clip, bro. <laughs> She's going to unfollow us immediately after. Me. Oh, what was I going to say? Now you made me lose my... Yes, he's a beast. 7.4. How many saves? I couldn't find the saves. Okay. I messed up. So, I mean, Freeze is great. I'm glad we have a goalkeeper for the long term. Uh, I'm really happy with him, man. Um, also, on the good... Save the PK, by the way. You know there was three other penalty kicks on match day one for throughout the league, and all three of them were saved. Oh, well, that there was a make no. sound as special. <laughs> I thought no. you were gonna say he was the only one who saved it. No, no, no. There was probably other penalty kicks. I feel like that's wrong. But there was three saves from goalkeepers, mm. and Matt Freeze's probably was the easiest one. <laughs> That That's was a that, soft one. It was a but soft one. But he faked one. them out. He faked them out. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that was all freeze there. Uh, and not just because his girlfriend follows us on Twitter. <laughs> um, also, on the good, anything else for freeze? No, no. Before no. I move on? I'm good. I thought Santi had moments of like genius. Like he thread some passes into the box yeah. that I thought was wow. And I do think that like Santi and Woof have like the ability to like be some type of crazy dynamic duel. Like they both have a good sense of the game. And I do think you can see them passing off each other. There was this point where like Santi passed was like trying to pass it to um, Wolf and Bakra was in the way, but he knew it was like too much strength for him. So he ducked. And I was like, wow, that was fire. And then <laughs> Wolf almost scored it, but someone blocked it. But I was like, these guys like are getting it. And I think when you were throwing Hovan in there, um, like that could get and you put Trapito in there. You know, Hayda's my player of the year. And so um, I'm excited for that. So that, I thought that was good. It was good to see them out there. Yeah. I No, I thought I, I agree with you. And I think Santi playing that 10, this game wasn't bad. Like he had a lot of good passes, a little, a lot of things he saw coming and I think he felt more of the liberty to like, hey, look, I could play this 10. I'll pass more to these guys over the top or through pass, you know, get it through these defenders. And I thought he he shows that he could be great if he can just not get himself into situations where he's two on one, three on one and tries to dribble past a defender. Because that's 
where we lose momentum and it's just frustrating to see that like just just pass that ball one more time let's let's get it yourself in a better position and i and i see that same reoccurring theme year after year and i'm like can you out coach that out of a guy or is that just like a stubborn thing is personality because he always tries that. I mean, and but I you also want that. So... The problem is you also need that with your player because also he led our team other than Gabriel Perea and goals last year. So that you want that also, you want that same guy. It was scoring. six goals that GP had. So you give if he had no, no, was... GP, didn't GP have 13 and he had six? No, I think Santi had six no, or I Santi think... had five then. Exactly. That sounds right. So, I mean, five goals isn't like, oh, he was real successful last well, year. He led the team. That's still a stat other than Gabriel <laughs> Perea who left. <laughs> yeah, but if the guy who left only played half the season and led the team, uh, I, I think agree. there's a bigger it's problem. It's not great, there. but he, if that was your top goal-scoring guy, I mean, there's nothing else to set, be said about it. No, that's true. I'm sorry I went back to negativity. It was a tough game to watch, man. It was I a, lost a I, lot of money. I, I think everybody's upset because it was boring. Yes. As an and, and then before the match, Nick Cushing, I think, in a press conference, was like, I just want to show like fun soccer again. He did not do it. <laughs> that was the opposite of fun. It doesn't mean it's gonna be like this all season. You know what's crazy? That crowd was insane it was like sixty three thousand, roughly around that yes. much and then before the game i don't know if you saw it but like their supporter section had peppas playing and yes. it was like they were jumping up and down like that was a good atmosphere i wasn't yeah. there i'm sure the people who were there will tell you exactly how fun it was but it looked really good and you know something that I like vaguely heard, but I listened to the Forever Pod and they brought it up was that the last Carolina Panthers game only had like 5,000 people at the game and oh. tickets were going for like 25 bucks. Wow. And they play in the same stadium and you have these guys, 63,000 people, like beating like quad, uh, 10 times beating the numbers of NFL games. And the broadcast a, sounded loud, dude. Yeah. Like, you could hear the the supporter section. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. And St. Louis is going to be the same way. Like, I their know. Their gets raucous, they, too. Their gets popping, too. So, it's going to be – it's two intense environments for the team. I love that there's one team that's bringing in those type of numbers, man. Like, that's awesome. If you saw, like, the top 10 teams for, like, um, uh, attendance, attendance – Charlotte was like 63, and then the second team was like 32,000, 35,000. Yeah, the problem is below. like some of these teams can't play in football stadiums, right? So you That's don't, you true. just don't have the capacity to bring all these fans in. That's but true. I'm wondering how they actually do they like, I didn't know, I don't know the prices, but where those like top row sections five dollars or something and that's how you draw like a bigger crowd i, I mean nycfc be giving away tickets and can't <laughs> fill up yankee stadium we should that's what i'm saying we should have a home opener that fills the stadium up that would be the nice. problem is it's always uh, this is the earliest they've started the season uh, oh really yeah that's what they said like from the get from the ending of mls cup to the inter miami first game it was like 74 days or something like that so it's like it was a very short turnaround and we're still playing in March and like it's cold. Like I'm not really thinking about the home opener. It's going to be freezing. I know you got to wear your coat. I know. And those but those result in low attendance games. And for a home opener, you do not want that. I remember when we won the uh, 2022 when we won it. Well, 2021, we won it. The season opener was 2022. And it wasn't that great of an attendance for that first home opener. And it's yeah. because it was freezing that day. Yeah. So I hate the fact that like it starts off in a very like cold weather time. Maybe in the new stadium, they could add heat lamps. 
that yeah. come in I like and it, be bro. Or at a dome, like every team should have, but whatever. I don't know well, about like the dome. I like this. Oh, uh, retractable. No, retractable. So then you don't have where we go to Red Bull Arena and there's seven thunderstorms and then we're there for four hours and the game never happens. That's true. That's a good point. That was annoying as hell. That was. And somehow it always rained when we went to Red Bull uh, and yo, our car is parked 20 miles uh, away. It's the worst, bro. I hate that stadium. <laughs> I hate that stadium. <laughs> Um, Anything else good to highlight? We talked about Bakrar showing some effort at the end of the game, which was good. Yeah, and Hovon looked cool. Um, <laughs> he, he looked, looked cool. cool. He looked the, he looked like he had some like real experience behind him. Like you saw him out there, and he was making some moves, and you're like, "This man played." He's only really eighteen, but he really didn't touch the ball. There was one cool shot where like he's on the sideline and Nick Cushing's there and then like he's in the foreground. Like yeah. it was kind of cool. Yeah. No, I think I think I think Hovon's gonna be something cool. Hopefully. We'll see. FIFA's got him rated at like 50, which concerns me a little bit. You and these FIFA. I, like... you know, I mean, I was I, those guys, those guys are usually right. <laughs> Except for MLS teams. I do think they'd be they don't know maybe, anything. They don't have half our stadiums, bro. They should have Yankee Stadium. <laughs> they don't got the New Jersey yet. I thought they aren't they the ones who leaked it exactly, <laughs> and I've been trying to put it on and I can't do it. It's mad annoying. Do you have any complaints about the refs? Yo, bro, there was this one call where someone got a yellow and he didn't even touch our player, and I was like, I'll take it, but that was not a penalty. <laughs> did you see the Inter Miami one? I did see that, that bro. Mad Tail's girlfriend tackled, <laughs> <laughs> dude, and he got the yellow card for it, dude. That was so bad. I, I was watching, I feel watched a few games. I watched the Inter Miami game, the Seattle game, um, which was a really good game against LAFC, I think it was. I didn't see it. So that was a great game. And it just felt like consistently that the refs just didn't have like full control of the games. The calls weren't so bad. Yeah. But just like, I just was waiting for someone to get seriously hurt just because the refs didn't have like full control uh, of what was going on. You That's know what's crazy, Hopefully though? They get the rest back. Don Garber, I think there was a statement said that like he felt good with how they did this week. Of course he did. That's called buying leverage. <laughs> but uh, They had a meeting today, I believe. Yeah? What did they decide? Uh, nothing. <laughs> I, nothing that I know of. By tomorrow, probably something new. Um, I think that's it for the Charlotte game. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we don't have to talk about the same thing next week after we play... Who are we playing? St. Louis. St. Louis. I keep wanting to call him Salt Lake. All right. Give me give me your takes on St. Louis. Well, what do we I do we want to start off with lineups first? Yeah, let's talk about what we think the lineup's gonna be. I made this lineup prior to knowing that Cushy wants to play two strikers, but I still don't <laughs> know if it's the best lineup, honestly, because Hovon has once again been here for now nine days. So, like, are you going to then play Hovon and then say, oh, well, we still need time to gel? Well, then let's not do that because we don't need, we don't need time to gel right now. We need to win. We need to show some confidence in this team. So my potential lineup is Freeze, of course, a goalkeeper, O'Toole, because we don't have anybody else, but I love O'Toole, Tiago Martins, Burke Risa, Tavon Gray, Sands Pereira. I don't want to complain anymore, but I didn't love Park's play, but I understood what was going on there. Woof, Talish Magno on the left, Bakro and Santi. What are your thoughts? Talish Magno doesn't get the start. I don't think so either, but I'm <laughs> He's hopeful. He's not getting the start. So you think they're going to go? You know why? Because. Oh, and I put Santi on the right. So I took out Julian Fernandez, right? Who did you? 
Yes, you took out Julian Fernandez. So, so what do you think? You think Talos Magno's gone? We put something on the left. We put Julian Fernandez back on the right. Yeah, I think you go with the same attacking forwards. You think Cushion's going to play the same lineup again? <laughs> That's not very Cushion esque. And there's no way Parks doesn't get the start over Perea. I thought I was so mad they didn't sub Pereira in. Yeah, they should have sub Perea, and I agree with that. He would have run more of an attacking forward, even though the mid, the central mid. They were like blocking the the middle of the field, so it really wouldn't made that much of an impact. But I agree. Uh, Parks, I think, I think this lineup is not going to be this. <laughs> like they're not going to start this eleven. I think Parks starts. I think they they go with the same attacking forward, Santi and Julian, and hopefully Tavon Gray is back. I do agree that we need Tavon back. Agreed. But um. I think with St. Louis, you're going to have a really high-pressing team. So you need to have guys who can go over the top. Tyler Magnos, not one of those guys. He's not. He's a flashy guy. He'll wait for you, and then he'll get past you. You need somebody who's going to run over that defense, uh, and you're going to have – this is when Burke Risa becomes important, right? Throw the ball over and have some guy who's fast. If we could, I don't know if Trap is Trapito actually ready. Did he get his visa? I mean, he did get his visa. I think they saw him at practice. So, yes, Trapito's here. Is he playing? I don't know. He's been here for two this. Days. This sounds like a perfect game for Trapito to come in That's and true. just he run past fast. some defenders. That dude. is from true. the highlight tapes. This guy is quick. Yes. And you know who would also be nice here? Who? It's too soon for him. I want him to succeed. Big Malachi fuck. Jones <laughs> running over. He's fast, bro. He is. Did you on the uh, press conference he had today? You have to be. I, I'm learning how to speak Nick Cushing. <laughs> You're <laughs> reading between the lines. I realize Nick Cushing, although he's from England, he has American whites going on where you got to read between the lines because <laughs> nothing is what it is. Um, but he was like, Malachi Jones wants to be out there, but he just got drafted and he needs time. Wait, did did um did anybody ask him about Malachi Jones? No, he, he was ma- just, randomly mentioned. He that? was just saying like guys are competing and there's oh, people okay, who want okay. time. And then he mentioned Malachi Jones and he like specifically mentioned Malachi Jones and said Malachi Jones just joined the team is young. He didn't say he needs to improve his game, but it was something like that where you could tell he was like there still needs to be a lot of growth there for him to get time. Yeah. Um, and then he kind of just kind of he mentioned Talish Magno, but then kind of like moved on. I haven't seen. Uh, uh, well, it'll be interesting. That's kind of crazy that yeah. he's even mentioning him when he's so like young. You know what I mean? Because he wants to be out there. He's like, yo, did you see the Instagram that the City <laughs> Boys posted? I'm a superstar. Get I'm me gonna out there. succeed, bro. I, I need my movie. I'm going <laughs> to do, you know, goal part two. <laughs> D- bend it like Malachi Jones. <laughs> um. I haven't seen Jovan speed. I don't know if he's that type of player, but I'm curious. What if you went with the two striker system? Munsef, Jovan, right from the get. Boom. Just going past the fender. And you think you take out Julian? Take out Julian. Yeah. But my thing is, if you got two tens and you got two strikers, doesn't that just end up being like such a. Well, no, you you don't have to have two tens. Technically, you could have Santi and. Uh, what's his name? Hans just kind of moving around doing their thing, even though that didn't really work the first <laughs> game. Work the first time, but let's see. But that would be interesting. It would be interesting. I don't think he'll do it. I think it'll be like a a second half sub that if we're gonna start seeing it. But it goes back to that thing we were talking about with Tyler's Magno last year. 
if you have a good winger, then he could feed the ball to the striker. Now, if you have two strikers, who's really feeding the ball? Because I don't think Munzup did have a good cross to Santi last game, but I don't think he's necessarily great on the wings. And he if did, you're if you're gonna have him out there, he's a terrible passer. I feel like in general, his passes are much to be desired. I remember seeing like he has some decent hold up play, and I was like, oh, this gives me like some Tati esque vibes. And then he passes it, and it's like. The ball goes nowhere. I did say I did hear that they were like that the grass might like uh, affect the play, yeah. the play. But at the same time, I was like, wow, like for the exception of the cross that Muntzev had at the end of the game, his passing was atrocious. I don't yeah. know if that's a real word or atrocious. Definitely not. A real I word, think but... I combined two words. I don't mean <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But uh, so that'd we... be interesting. Uh, good thing English was our first language. <laughs> uh. Anything else? So what else? Atrocious. Yeah, it is atrocious. I think I was trying to say like notorious. Not atrocious. And atrocious when I combined the words. No, I knew the word was atrocious. Why didn't you say nothing? It was too late. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, on St. Louis, I think we talked about it, right? Like you said, super high press. Um, We just need to... Uh, like you said, get the ball over the top if possible and just not make those mistakes on defense, right? When it's a high-press game, the game's not just really physical, but it's mental, right? They're waiting for the back line to make a mistake. Yeah. And Tiago Martins didn't have a fantastic game passing the ball. There was a few times where he tried to pass it to Micha. Micha wasn't there, uh, yeah, and then it yeah. went out. And like that, again, St. Louis can become a goal real quick. Yeah. So it's just like, I think Burke Reese is really good. Um distributing the ball but O'Toole's gonna have a lot of pressure on him Tiago Martin's gonna have a lot of pressure on him and maybe you don't start great because me just supposedly is better on offense but like that's gonna be a lot of pressure on those guys and those guys really got to be able to step it up I just think but I would say the one good thing about this is that we have a lot of experience because the Red Bulls are the same thing and typically Cushion has been pretty successful at like getting past the press against the red bulls so i think because of that we're in a better place to succeed than other teams who have played st louis and don't do so well as against the pressure because they don't see that press as often yeah no i agree but i mean to st louis's credit the last season they started off the year like five and oh and like three of those goals came off the press where they just was a ridiculous goal. It was like happening game after game. I was like, how is this happening consistently? And that's how effective that press is. So it'll be interesting to see. And another person we should mention from St. Louis is their goalkeeper. Their goalkeeper was ridiculous last season. He had a save percentage of 74.55%. And that's fourth highest among all, all active goalkeepers who at least played 20 games. In so, the MLS. Yes, in MLS. Okay. Uh, he recorded 150 clean sheets in his career. He he's just he's a beast, bro. And he's had 12 saves in a single match, which is a career high against the Colorado Rapids. Good thing we don't have a problem scoring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I that's gonna be a tough one. So we're facing a very very tough goalkeeper. Also, did you know that the coach Bradley Carnell? Is we actually was the assistant interim head coach for the Red Bulls before taking the St. Louis job. 
Really? I didn't know that. So he's been pressing Recently. his whole life. Wait, when? Right before taking the St. Louis job. Oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't yeah. Know that. So um, then he really does love that press. No he wonder. does. <laughs> the Red Bulls sucked, so we'll see. <laughs> All right, let's get into what our bets would be for this game. So, I mean, original. so the bet, the bet lineup is, uh, you know, the, the generic one is, St. Louis is a plus 130 to win. The draw is plus 235, and NYCFC is plus 185. Uh, and both teams to score is mine game. I don't know who's going to win or lose. I think it's going to be – I'm hoping it's going to be a draw. I don't want to say a loss. Like I said, I think because the Red Bulls um, have a very similar style and we know that style – I feel comfortable that we can play decent against that press. Uh, so I don't want to say St. Louis is going to win, especially on NYCFC podcast, but I think I'm going to bet on both teams to score. Although you just gave me that goalkeeper <laughs> stat that I did not know. You're screwed, bro. You got Hovon, you got Bakra, you got two tens. There's no more wingers on this team. <laughs> Maybe we'll figure it out. I'm going to go both teams to score at negative 156. I don't like that one at all. So if you're following them, good luck. Oh, wait. So we're starting off the season with like 100 bucks, right? Yeah. So Danny has his own 100. I have my own 100. And we're going to track it throughout the season. Yes. And whoever has the most money in the wet end of the season wins. Uh, we don't know what we win yet. We don't know what we win yet. No. <laughs> we win an all-expensive trip to Puerto Rico. <laughs> With Alex Rodriguez. With the person the person who has the most money has to give the money to the other person. Okay. Or the person who has the least amount of money. The person yes, the person who won the most uh gets the no, but the person who loses the most won't have any money <laughs> to give. We haven't figured out what the prize is yet. We'll figure it out later. Or maybe it's like you have to wear a Red Bull jersey or something like that. Oh, that's good. And we'll figure that out. We'll figure that or out. Or we yeah. won't. And then at the end of the season, we'll hit everybody. Like, I guess but that didn't. At least you'll know who's smarter at making bets. Exactly. And so we're going to have a chart. Okay. We already have the chart ready. I know last year we said we'd do a chart and there was no chart. We got the chart ready. So there'll be a chart based on our winning. So both teams to score. How much money are you actually putting on this bet? After you gave me that goalkeeper line, <laughs> I'm feeling a little hesitant. I don't want to. I'm going to bet $25 on this. So okay. we're going to win a whole 12 bucks. <laughs> All right. Mine is going to be a tie at halftime. This is for sure going to be a tie. It's going to be a tie. I can I guarantee you this. Nobody's going to score. We just talked about the goalkeepers. We have a dangerous goalkeeper ourselves. He's playing well. And we don't know how to score yet. Maybe we'll need another whole half to learn how to gel this team. <laughs> Maybe we'll need another five games to learn how to gel this offense. But nobody's going to score in that first half. Take that. It's minus 160. You're you're bound to win some money. I got bound? you guys. So how much money you put in on that? Twenty five dollars. <laughs> it's I'm only starting with a hundred. All right. So why don't you bet the full hundred if it's banking? No, if it's no, a guarantee. No, no. I'd rather just see it out. You know what I mean? I like to feel that it's early. It's early in the season. We also got some home games. We suck on the road. That's true. That's so true. the home games is when I'm gonna dish out. You know, even though we weren't that great at home. Um. Final score though. I'm going to hope it's 2-2. Two, 2-2? Two. Two, two? Who scores? Hovan's going to have his first goal of the year. Oh, Maybe I should do the anytime goal score. I was looking for it. It's not up yet. Um, um I'm going to go 1-0. Nothing. 
And I'm going to have Bakrar scoring our first goal of the season. We win the game. We go out of St. Louis with the W. You, you are crazy. It's not my bet, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you living off that Puerto Rico optimism still. That don't make no sense. <laughs> All right. I think that's a wrap, bro. All right, man. Uh, any, any, any last words? Uh, what did we say? Oh, we might let's possibly do a post game show. Maybe we'll bring you guys the press conference live on our Instagram. Yes, we tried it last game and I failed completely. But now that our Puerto Rican producer is back, <laughs> I'm uh, not Puerto Rican, bro. I know, I know, I know. But keeping that going. Well, hopefully, we'll make it work. Okay.